But anyway, let's get to the message. I, I doubt very seriously if you have lived a week, if you lived all the last week and you watched television at all, all you heard was Billy Graham after he passed away Wednesday. I'm so glad that our national television, I'm so glad that they decided to put Jesus on the airways. I was excited because I, I've often wondered what had happened when Billy Graham died, would anybody say anything about it? And I know that what they're going through now, they're hauling him all over the country. And I don't believe that Billy Graham would be pleased with that because he was just a down-home person. But I tell you, he was God's man for this hour. I was listening last week. One preacher said that he was another Apostle Paul. And another preacher said that he was another John the Baptist. So I don't know, but I know he was a great man. But thinking about this, and I've heard so much, and you have too over the last few days, about him going home and what did it mean for him to die and, and all of these things that they've been talking about. I said, surely there must be a message in that that I could get out. And so I want to talk to you just a little bit tonight. Beyond this life for the Christian. Dear friend, do you have any idea what we face? I believe tonight if we knew what we was going to face when we got to heaven... To get to heaven, I believe we'd be so excited, we couldn't hardly stand it. I want to tell you something, friend. Our future looks bright as a child of God. I know this world. I heard a politician from South Carolina the other day saying that it looked like that America was going to hell in a handbag. Well, it might be going to hell in a handbag, but you and I, I tell you right now, we're going up. We're going to be with the Lord when He calls us home. One verse of Scripture I want to give to you today. In Revelation chapter number 4 and verse number 1. Revelation 4 and verse number 1. After this I looked, and behold a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were... Of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I'll show thee things which must be hereafter. Our Heavenly Father, tonight I pray that you take the message, and I pray, Lord, that I'd be put aside. I'd just stand aside and let the Holy Spirit of God preach your word through me. I pray that we would worship here tonight. We thank you for the singing already that has led our heart to worship. And, and dear God, I pray the message would lead us closer to thee tonight. And if there's one here, Lord Jesus, that don't know you in the free pardon of sin, I pray that they'd see tonight that they need to get right with God so that they can go to heaven with us also. And we'll thank you for what you do for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In this verse, we hear Jesus say to the Apostle John, I will show you things which must be hereafter. And I say thank God that we can receive joy in this life. I know that this life is full of all kind of turmoil and all kind of troubles. But dear friend, did you know that you could have joy as a child of God? You have a pastor who I believe enjoys living. Oh, Kenny Owen, he's just about as crazy as they come. Uh, but I believe he loves the Lord. I'll tell you right now, he loves the Lord. But everywhere Kenny Owens goes, he has a good time. 
If he's talking about the Lord, he has joy. If he's laughing and joking with the preachers, he does it in a joyful attitude. And I believe tonight we as Christians, I'll tell you, I believe we can live a life of joy in all of the circumstances that are around us in this world. For the afterlife to come, for those who know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life, I tell you, it's a joyous journey. I know that we're on a journey on our way home, but I'll tell you, it's a joyful journey if we know the Lord. Perhaps there might be someone here tonight, as I prayed, there might be someone here that don't know what I'm talking about. When I mention knowing Jesus, I want you to know, let me just review just a minute, a moment. Do you know today that you've been born again by the Spirit of God? I don't, I'm not talking about church membership. I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm not talking about who you are, what you look like, how good you are, how much money you have. But the question is, have you been saved? Have you been born again by the Spirit of God? Being blood-bought. Have you been blood-bought? I believe that every one of us, our soul is covered with the shed blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross that we could have everlasting life. And I believe tonight that we're saved through the shed blood of Jesus. That's the only way. I know there's a lot of isms and schisms tonight that would tell us that there's more than one way to get to heaven. And you've got preachers, dear friend, I'm telling you in, this, in the United States, that will not, will, will not agree. They will not say that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I wouldn't listen to one of them preach five minutes because my Bible said Jesus, through his shed blood, is the only way to heaven. And you'll go through the blood or you'll die without God. And you'll go to hell. We'll either go through his shed blood. But I'm so glad that we can know Because we've been told in the Word of God that this world is not our final home. Just think about it. Just think about it. Dear friend, with all the turmoil we see in our world tonight, what if if we didn't have no hope? If we didn't have any hope of a better life, of a better life to come than we live now. Me and my wife were talking the other day about how... Would we like to be 40 years old again? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be 40 years ago. I'm too close to home now, folks, to go back. I'm looking for Jesus to come. And if he don't come, I'm looking to go by the way of the grave. But we're going home to be with the Lord. Well, let me tell you just a little bit beyond this life for the Christian. Let me tell you a few things that will be in the hereafter. I'm not going to share anything to you new tonight. Because I know that you've heard it before. But I believe, dear friend, first of all, I believe we'll see our blessed Redeemer. Now, I cannot imagine. My mind will not comprehend what it will be like when we see Jesus. I cannot imagine walking into the portals of glory. And, and Jesus saying, come in. Come on in, you good and faithful servant. I can't imagine what it will be to see him face to face. First John 3, 2, the Bible says, we shall know him as he is. We're going to know him when we get to heaven. That's what John said in 1 John, we'll know him 
as he is. It's been a joy. It's been a pleasure to serve Christ on this earth ever since the day that God saved me. I haven't been close to God. There's been times that I was running from God and I was away with God. I was wayward out in the world, but that does not mean that I was lost again. The Holy Spirit of God never let me rest until I come back to Jesus and did what God wanted me to do. But dear friend, listen, it's been a joy and a pleasure to serve Jesus by faith all of these years. But what a joy it will be. It'll be much better. It'll be much better farther on because we'll see the one who gave himself for us. Seeing our heavenly bridegroom. And the future is a future event for those who know the Lord, the bride of Christ, the church. We have been longing so intently to see. And dear friend, I don't believe a person can be a child of God if he don't long to see Jesus. Now, I'm not trying to doubt anybody's salvation, but I believe every one of us. I believe we have a desire. I believe our heart desire is, as a child of God, no, I didn't say we was getting up a trip to die tonight. That's not what I'm talking about. But when the Lord calls us home, when we take our last breath, oh, dear friend, the Bible said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I believe with all of my soul, when we take our last breath on this earth, the next breath we take will be safe in the arms of Jesus. And I tell you, say, well, preacher, what about purgatory? I got two words for purgatory, hogwash. My friend, ain't nobody, after you die, there's nobody going to pray you into heaven. There's nobody going to pray you out of heaven. The moment the breath leaves our body, the next breath we will be in the presence with the Lord. That ought to make a Methodist shout. (laughs) I tell you, that ought to get us excited. That ought to get us excited to know that, hey, I'm going home and I'm going to get to see my blessed Redeemer. Second of all, I want you to notice, we'll be in a place of complete satisfaction now, in Psalm seventeen fifteen, David said, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when? When I awake with thy likeness. Dear friend, in this last part of this verse, David said, When I awake, all I want to see you as you are. That's my heart's desire also. This is a degree, that, that there's a degree of satisfaction that every one of us have in this life. But uh, we may have enjoyments. And we can say I'm satisfied with the way I'm living and, and going and doing in this life. But I'll tell you, we're God's children and we'll never be fully satisfied until our home going is complete. We're tired of sin and ungodliness. Dear friend, I get so tired. Oh, I get so tired of sin and ungodliness. I, li- you know, I love to watch uh, Family Feud. I love to watch Family Feud, but I've quit watching it. Because that guy on there, and he's funny, but he can't keep his mouth clean. He's got to cuss a time or two, and, and uh, he's got to get them people all stirred up with his cussing. 
and I don't know who to ride or I'd love to call and find out. I get so tired of people cussing and I get so tired of the sin that besets us and the sin that is in our world. It's on every side. Christian, you know what I'm talking about. Ungodliness. People don't care anymore. They're so ungodly. They don't believe that Jesus is coming and they don't believe they're going to spend eternity without God. And they just go right on and on. And they tire us out. They get us tired of seeing and hearing their sin and ungodliness. We're not satisfied with being pilgrims and strangers in this world. Now you and I are not... Hey, this ain't our home, folks, as I've already said. We're pilgrims and we're strangers. And we are, we're going home to be with the Lord. Anybody said, anybody ever said to you, I'll tell you right now, you're a peculiar person. Anybody ever accused you of that? Well, if they did, they told the truth. You are peculiar. Because I'll tell you right now, we are peculiar people if we are children of God. We're peculiar. Hey, we know the Lord, and this is something that this ungodly world don't know much about. And so when we get our glorified bodies and are present with the Lord in heaven, we'll be fully and completely and wholly satisfied. Never have been satisfied, I don't reckon. If I get a new car, I want another one. Because <laughs> that gets old. And I want another. We get something new, it wears out. And we want something else. We can never be completely satisfied until we get home with the Lord. But third, look, I want to say to you, we'll live in a perfect environment. Now, I don't believe that anybody sitting here tonight, in court, uh, including myself, can, can know what a perfect environment it is. We've never lived in a... Oh, preacher, you just don't know. You just don't know my home life. I've got the greatest husband. Oh, we have the best time living here. Oh, preacher, you just don't know what an environment we have in our house. My wife's the sweetest woman that ever lived. God help you. <laughs> I heard a preacher say he and his wife had lived together 60 years and never had a crossword. I didn't care much about hearing him after that because he lied about that. He lied about something else. There ain't nobody ever lived with a woman 60 years and not had a fuss. And there ain't no woman ever lived with a man in, in, in 60 years and never had a crossword. Me and my wife very seldom have a crossword, but boy, when we have one, we, we have to get somewhere where it's real quiet because the neighbors get upset we're so loud. Yes, we're not satisfied because we're not in a perfect environment. When you read about what will not be present in that city that we're talking about, when you read about what's not going to be in heaven, then you come to realize where we're going is a perfect place. And I read this verse of Scripture to you, Revelation 21, 4. This is some of the things that are not going to be in heaven. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away with all the wicked and the evil people in the lake of fire forever and ever, and the former things are passed away, we can say we're going to live in a perfect environment, a perfect place that was prepared for us by Almighty God. And then I look and I notice something else. We'll be living 
in a magnificent city. Oh, what a place that city is going to be like when we get to heaven. According to the book of Revelation, chapter 21, verse 16, the Bible said the city has measurements being 1,500 miles cubed. What does that mean? It's 1,500 miles all over. All over. It's 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long. It's 1,500 miles high. And I believe it's a cubit. The Bible talks about 1,500 miles. Heaven is big enough for every person since Adam that got saved by the grace of God. If every one of the children, every person ever born, ever been saved by the grace of God, heaven is big enough for them. And all today we'll be living in in the capital city of the place prepared for us by God. We used to have, when I pastored in Georgia years ago, Boy, I tell you what's the truth. We sung it nearly every time we sung. Every time that was our, I, 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 I thought it, I think it was our theme song. Just build me just a little cabin in the corner of Glory Lane. They ain't an ounce of truth in that song. Dear friend, they loved it and they sung it. Well, I, no, they ain't going to be no cabins in the corner of Glory Lane. You're going to make it or you're not going to make it. You're not just going to barely squeak in and live back on some back street and afraid to say anything when all the thrones of people and all the people are worshiping God and all bow down to worship Jesus in spirit and in truth. You're just going to sit on your little, in your little cabin on back street where they are all up on Main Street worshiping God. I got two words for that. I said them a while ago. Hogwash. We're not going to have no little cabin in the car. What does the Bible say? John 14, it says, In my Father's house, and I don't know where your translation of the Bible, I use the King James. I don't throw off on yours if you got something else. But I'll tell you one thing, they got a lot of people, I hear preachers preach it in a different translation when they use it in a funeral. And the Bible says, their, their translation says, In the Father's house there's many rooms. Well, I don't like it, folks. I ain't going to a boarding house. The Bible said in my father's house are many mansions. I don't have one here. We don't have a mansion here. But thank God we'll have one when we get to heaven. Now, it has a street. The street. I know that we stand up and we sing about the streets of gold, plural. Streets of gold. But if you look at the Bible, there'll be one street in heaven. The Bible said it only uses street twice in the Bible. You will not find streets, plural, in the Bible. In Revelation 21, 21 and Revelation 22, 2 talks about the street of the city. And so everybody's going to live on Main Street. There's not going to be no back streets. You say they're going to be a Main Street 100, uh, uh, 1,500 miles long? I don't know. That's God's business. But I know he says in his word, there'll be a street and everybody, I believe, will live on Main Street. The foundation of the city is, is jasper, gates of pearl. Foundations are, are precious stones and gems. That sounds like a place I'd like to be at. It'll have the glory of the brightness of God that will completely cover its atmosphere. The glory of God and the preciousness of God will completely cover 
the atmosphere in heaven. There'll be no need of power companies up there. Do you power go out of business? Blue Ridge go out of business? Won't be enough power because Jesus is the light of the whole city. He's the light of the city. And oh, what a day when we see Him. And then number five, we'll see the saints who have gone on and they're waiting for us over there. Oh, I have a daddy over there and have a mom over there and Barbara has a mom and daddy over there. I'm, like, I'm looking forward to seeing them, seeing them. I've got a little, my nephew's little boy was three years old when he died. I preached his, I didn't preach his funeral because I just, I just couldn't. But I tell you, I lived with that little boy for about uh, two weekends until he died. And I tell you, I believe he was three years old, but I believe when I get to heaven, I believe that old boy, he'll walk up to me on the streets of glory and say, thank you, Jerry, for helping mom and daddy when the Lord called me home. You say, will he be grown or will he be three years old? I believe he'll be three years old. You say, how do you know that? Because I believe there'll be children in heaven because I do not believe that heaven would be the place that it's going to be if there was not children. Because you know in the Bible how Jesus loved little children. He said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And I'm not looking for a grown man or a grown person. I'm looking for that little boy when I get to heaven to, to shake my breeches leg or ever what my gown, ever what it'll be, to say, I'm glad you t- helped mom and dad when God called me home. And dear friend, I believe that David, I believe that he thought children would be there. You remember when David, the psalmist, his baby died and he said, after he found out his baby is dead, he said, I cannot bring it back, but I can go to him. Cannot bring him back, but I can go to him. And I believe David knew that he'd see his son. And I believe he'll be a child there. And so today, the Bible says, we'll know as we're known. Will we know each other in heaven, Jerry? Really? That's what the Bible says. We'll know as we're known. First Corinthians thirteen twelve. I don't know exactly all they are to know about heaven. There's so many things that I'm, many people that I'm looking forward to seeing, those who've gone on ahead of us to be with Jesus. Dear friend, I don't know everything they are to, about heaven. I, I, I don't know all I hear these, some of the preachers preach about heaven sometimes. I had a preacher, and he preached his daddy's funeral. And I tell you what, I, I couldn't believe he said it. But he said, I can see Daddy now sitting on the front porch, him and Jesus watching the Atlanta Braves. Well, they weren't seeing much. <laughs> Might have been watching the other team play. Do you, that, hey, that ain't in the book. That ain't in the Bible. We ain't going to be watching television in heaven. We ain't going to be watching a baseball. And I couldn't wonder for my life... Where did he get that at? I was, I was preaching, helping a man preach a funeral in, in Honeypath. He got up and he said, that, he said boy, I, she loved to fish. Oh, she loved to fish. And said, I'd go down there and I'd see her sitting on a five-gallon bucket fishing over the bridge for catfish. Said she loved to fish. Said, I can see her today. Said she's sitting on the bank of the river of life. And said, she's catching them catfish that's coming and going. But he said, there's one thing about it. When she catches them, she can't keep them. She's got to throw them back. 
After the service, I said, Charles, I want to ask you a question. Where'd you get that at? About her fishing on the river of life. He said, I don't know, but it sounded pretty good, didn't it? I said, man, that ain't, hey, we, we misrepresent heaven when we say things like that. I said, I'll tell you right now, if you, if you are fishing for catfish in heaven and they throw them back, I'm in trouble. He said, why? He said, why do you say that? I said, man, I've been taught ever since I was a little boy, when you go fishing, you keep what you catch. I don't go by size. I just go by the ones I catch. We keep them and eat them. But anyway, we've got so many, so many things that people try. And they say, well, it says good. Old Charles told the truth. said, I don't know where I got it, but it sounded good. And dear friend, I'm going to tell you right now. When I get to heaven, I'm looking to catfish. I'm not looking to watch a ball game. You know what I'm looking to do? I want to bow down and worship my Lord. And I believe that's what's going to be going on for years, untold millions of years. We're going to be worshiping Him. And so we're looking forward to seeing all of our loved ones when we get to the other side. That's why I want my family to be saved. That's why I want all of the people that I know to be saved. Because I want them to go home with us. I want them to enjoy what we're going to enjoy when we get to heaven. But the last thing, when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll see the holy angels. Now, all our lives we've heard about angels. The angels of God. And I guess sometimes we don't understand exactly everything we know to be about angels. I've read Billy Graham's book on angels, and I've read different books on angels. But there's things that we don't understand, or sometimes we don't believe about angels. But I do believe two things about angels. I believe angels are among us. I believe angels are among us. I believe the day that I got saved, God appointed me at least one guardian angel and I believe I have an angel that guards over me angels are among us and I believe with all of my soul every one of us have a guardian angel and I believe excuse me when we get to the holy city we'll see them in all their brilliance in all their splendor in all their glory but you know there's one thing that the angels cannot do when we get to heaven when you and I bow around the throne or stand around the throne of God and we begin to sing the song of the redeemed and talk about being redeemed by the blood of Jesus. The angels cannot sing that song because they've never been redeemed. They were created beings by God and they didn't have to be saved. And so that's one thing, they've never been redeemed. You and I can join in the verses and we can join in the courses and sing to the top of our lungs the song of the redeemed. Redeem, redeem, how I love to proclaim it. Because I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Our future is very bright, Christian. Don't you let the devil in this world tell you that your future is not bright. Not because of anything that this world has done for us. It's not, that, that ain't why it's bright. Not because of anything in this world, but of what we have as Christians waiting for us on the other side. My prayer is tonight is that you and all are ready, that we all are ready 
to meet Jesus. Oh, what a day that's going to be. And folks, I can't help but long to see it. I've got a whole lot less years now to live than I did some time ago. I'm 75 years old, and if I, hey, if I live 10 more years, I'll be 85 years old. But dear friend, we doesn't matter how old we are, who we are, all that matters is what have we done with the blood? Have we trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? I want just to sing the hymn of invitation and not putting any pressure on you, but if you're here and, and you are not a Christian, I wish you'd come and give your heart to the Lord tonight. And I wish you would. I wish you'd come and be saved. And then if you may be here tonight and say, Preacher Jerry, I'm a Christian, but I, I'm not where I ought to be. I, I'm not living the Christian life like I ought to live it. I, I can't say, as you said while I go, that I'm looking for the Lord to come because I'm afraid that I'd be ashamed to meet Him in the condition I'm in now. No, I'm not a sinner. I've been saved by the grace of God, but I'm just not living the kind of life that I ought to live. Maybe you'd want to come and and uh, bow here in the altar and put your all on the altar tonight as our brother comes and leads us and the lady plays the instrument. We're not going to sing a whole lot of verses, but I'm going to give you an invitation if God speaks to your heart tonight. Would you come?